What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Against All Odds podcast. I'm here with Eric. Gucci's been loving Eric all day, so hopefully she's not going to cause too much noise on the microphone. <laughs> Eric, do you want to introduce yourself and you say your name, age, and where you're from? Sure. Um, Eric Bird from Virginia Beach, Virginia. Um, 28 years old, recently just had a birthday. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, you go, your birthday was two days ago? Two days ago, yeah. Yeah, so happy belated birthday. I appreciate it. Um, so this will be good. We're just going to hop in, kind of talk about Eric's career, and then ask him questions at the end, just like usual. So let's roll the intro and let's get started. Okay, so do you want to talk about just like your day-to-day? I think it's like a, a lot of people are interested just of like a day in the life of a footballer. So you want to give like a little rundown of, of today for you? Sure. Um like on a day like today, I normally wake up right around seven o'clock. Um, I've got two dogs, so first things first, I got to take those guys out, get them fed. Uh, they're my life kind of revolves around those guys. We've got some forms that we fill out in the mornings. I'm sure you've talked to them about like our readiness and, and mm-hmm. different surveys that we fill out for COVID and all this stuff that we're doing now. And then uh, I eat a quick little breakfast. Um, Try and get something in the stomach because if not, I'll feel just terrible at training. Yeah. What do you eat for breakfast? I normally go with uh, like two small egg tacos, just like bare minimum, yeah. trying to like wean myself off of cheeses and bacon and all mm. that kind of stuff. Um, over the years, this has been a progression that's been <laughs> tough, tough, but uh, I'm starting to get there. So, um, and then I go, I uh, try and get into the, the training room as early as possible. You know, I'm feeling the age a little bit nowadays. So trying to get in there with uh, Jonathan and get warm, get uh, e-stim on certain areas that might be bothering me and um, stretch, band work, all kinds of stuff, all kinds of fun exercises he can think of. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, right around then, it's about 9.30, 9.45. It's either time for video, training, um, get out on the field, get some Rondo in, of course. Mm-hmm. It's like the highlight of, you know, pre-training. Everybody Eric, Eric looks usually forward has to the it. season tickets, so he's usually <laughs> the one. He's really warm by the time training starts. <laughs> no, that's the goal. Every day, the goal is to, one, not stand by a goalkeeper. <laughs> that's my number one tip. Mm-hmm. Two, don't go in the middle, obviously. But mm-hmm. um, <laughs> Then we get into training, do our thing out there, whatever Mike wants to do. Um, on a day like today, you go back into the weight room, get some stuff in. Um, it's always good to, to mix up the training. I feel like, uh, you can lose a lot of power and just, um, you know, you're more prone to, yeah, explosiveness, injuries, prevention, all that preventional stuff. stuff, you know, because the injuries can, as you play more and more games, they'll add up. Um, and then I go home, get some lunch, watch champions league, something like that. Um, kind of do some stuff on the side, kind of active in the, uh, in the market. Um, we got some guys on the team that we kind of have a little chat that we go back and forth with. So people who lose money. Yeah. <laughs> Time is money trying to make it work for, for us, you know? So, um, but yeah. And then by that time it's, you know, time to walk the boys again, get out, get the legs moving a little bit, uh, with those guys. And then, um, then Carly comes home and, uh, my girlfriend and we make dinner and that's pretty much it. We just mm-hmm. keep it really, really chill. We're, we're beach kids. So that's what we're used to. Cause you're from Virginia beach, right? Yep. 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 You're born there. 
born, raised in Virginia Beach. Mm-hmm. And how many siblings do you have? One sibling, one older brother. Did he play soccer as well? Didn't play soccer at all. He's the complete opposite of me, actually. <laughs> like he is your like resourceful, manly, like uh, outdoorsy type guy. He was a Silver Crest Eagle Scout. Uh-huh. Like he was in the JROTC. Where he saw yeah. those guys dressed up in military uniforms in high school and stuff. Um, followed uh, in my dad's footsteps a lot. Um, so he was, it's kind of cool. Like we, you know, we had so many differences growing up, so we didn't really get along, but then mm-hmm. now it's, he's, you know, so different and it's so cool because it's like, we have so much to talk about. How much, how much older is he than you? He's, uh, about three years. Three years. Okay. That's, I'm like four years older than my little brother, but we uh, were similar. Like we always did soccer, basketball. So we weren't like too different. He's just very like reserved and like. Like I honestly like personality wise, kind of like you yeah. and like, and then I'm like me. And so we, I would just be annoying and loud. I'm the older one. I'm supposed to be the mature one. Uh-huh. And that was a big problem with us is Michael was more mature than me. Oh yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's normal thing. You know, the younger siblings, yeah. more reserved, more mature. They have to, cause they not have biased. to, <laughs> I'm not biased, but they have to, I feel like, because it's like, you're with your brother, like you're with your older brothers and his friends. So you have to mature up quick. You know, uh-huh. and, and be with them. That's that's my theory. Yeah, I'm not a child development specialist or anything, <laughs> but yeah. And then so parents, um, did were they into soccer at all, or were they just kind of like typical like play sports? Or my dad was big into uh, basketball and, and uh, baseball. He was actually much more into baseball. Uh, he was all state. Well, he was all state basketball, all state uh, baseball, and for Catholic Catholic league in uh, Michigan when he was growing up. But uh, he played semi pro baseball out of the on the navy team that he was on Mm -hmm. um because he he went straight from high school into into buds and so he uh he was a a navy seal for six years that's how we met my mom in virginia beach Uh uh-huh and that's what brought us you know to the area that's why we're still there yeah and how was it growing up in virginia beach did you like it Oh my gosh, I loved it. Yeah, it's yeah. probably a nice place. It's awesome. It was it was cool. We were like nestled right in between. We're right next to a military base, but um, we're like right in that like sweet spot between. There's the Chesapeake Bay, and then obviously it meets the Atlantic Ocean, and so that's the point is where Virginia Beach is. So mm-hmm. we're like my house was a few blocks away from the bay, Bayside, um, in a little neighborhood called Great Neck. Great Neck. Shout out to Great Neck, <laughs> and um, and then. You know, about two, three miles down the road, it was the oceanfront, which is where all the tourists and everybody goes to, to that's, vacation. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's sick. I've never been to like anywhere East Coast, really. Like I've been to a couple games in, with the East Coast when I was in one season with St. Louis, but like you don't really get to see yeah. much. So like Meme and I really want to go like from Florida all the way up to Maine, like one summer through fall oh, and gosh. do that whole trip. There's There's so many places, so many cool little like beaches. Gosh, I feel like I've told you about Outer Banks, Hilton mm-hmm. Head, Charleston, mm-hmm. definitely Virginia Beach, Eastern Shore, Chincoteague. Like, there's there's so much going yeah, on. That's sick. Is that where you want to live? Like post soccer? Like you want to go back to Virginia Beach? Ooh, tough one. Not really sure. Um, I think so. You know, everyone's there. Like all the roots are are laid down. Mm-hmm. My dad has his business there, so. Um, you know, I think that that's 
you know, I would love to go back. I don't know if that's where life will take me, but I, I mean, it's not a bad place to to settle yeah. down, you know. Yeah, because like Carly's there from there too. Your girlfriend. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. And do you want like you want to tell everybody <laughs> about Carly about how like when you guys met everything because it's a, it's a funny story. <laughs> what in uh, middle school? Yeah, <laughs> all the way back in middle school. Oh gosh, yeah. We we've known each other for a long time. She's we grew up like a mile, two miles down the road from each other uh, in Great Neck. And uh, yeah, first day of seventh grade, sh I come into the to the classroom. I I'd, I'd been going to private school because my mom worked at a private school, so we were we we were commuting with her. But um, we switched over to public school, and uh, yeah, I got in there my first day. This quiet, you know, reserved private school kid, and then you know, I'm got sat down in my math pod. And it was a group of four of us and there was Carly and the teacher, you know, said, okay, everyone elect a, a, a pod leader. So to like get worksheets or whatever. And, you know, before we could even have an election, like hold a formal election, you know, <laughs> democracy. That's what we're here in America for. <laughs> yeah. She goes, I'm the pod leader, like runs off, gets the worksheets, brings them back. There was no discussion, <laughs> like asserted her dominance straight away. And, you know. The rest she's, is history. She's, she's she's the same as she was then. Yeah. Did you have a crush on her from that first day, or like? No, no, I was terrified. <laughs> yeah. I was absolutely terrified. Uh -huh. <laughs> Makes sense. I mean, that's so funny too. I can completely see like seventh grade Eric just sitting there, like, okay, you know, just about to say, like, okay, let's all vote here. And Carly's just, it's me. Yep. I'm gonna get the papers. That's funny. Um, so did you grow up playing just soccer, or did you play other sports? Um, I grew up playing basketball as well. Mm -hmm. I did some cross country as well, um, but mostly it was mostly soccer. I, I it was mostly soccer. I actually loved basketball probably more. Mm -hmm. I knew I wasn't gonna. There got to be a point where I knew it wasn't gonna work out basketball yeah. wise. Like when you get to high school and yeah. and uh, or the tail end of middle school and kids are dunking and you're like, <laughs> okay, well, this yeah. was fun while it lasted. Hundred um, percent. Did you but, not play baseball with your dad? Like. No, I didn't really. Really? Mm -mm, There's no. no interest or? He was, uh, yeah, not that I wasn't very interested. I mean, my mom, she'll make this joke that, you know, she was so happy that I didn't play because it's such a boring sport to watch. But yeah, unless you got a funnel cake, I'm all for going to baseball games, mm -hmm. love baseball games. But, you know, as a parent, right, before all that good stuff gets yeah. around, you, you got to sit out in the summer <laughs> watching kids mm. play baseball. Some of them, you know, playing, some of them picking dandelions. So mm. I can see why, why it can be uh, a bit tedious, but yeah, it was mostly, uh, mostly soccer. Mm -hmm. Huh. That's funny. Uh, and did you always like, you always like loved it? Like you always wanted to always be playing or was it when you first started, it was just something you just did because you got signed up for it was something that I signed up for because my, my neighbors were doing it. Mm -hmm. And I just, you know, wanted to be one of the kids, I guess. I just wanted to, to have friends and, and do something that was uh, different from my brother. Um, but, you know, something I could be around people that I, I liked. And, and it's funny because we, on my first team, we had like 10 of us and seven of us ended up going division one. Really? Yeah. On that first team? On that first team. So Dang. we, we, and we're like, and there's like a group of us that we all went to high school together. There's about 12 of us. They called us the soccer boys in high school. Uh -huh. And um, we were like, 
the closest friends ever still to this day we still talk have a group chat and everything that Dang, that's all of us crazy i know it was pretty that's, wild that's insane so like, i say that's where i really fell in love with it where it was you know those weekends playing in the backyard with these guys mm -hmm. like and they were good and yeah. we pushed each other and and so it was just like uh the perfect ecosystem especially in a place like virginia beach where we're not known for our soccer at all yeah did any of those guys end up going to the same school together Two of them went to Woman Mary and two of them went to Virginia Tech. Wow. That thing, that's, I'm, I'm even thinking my teams, like I, my club teams, still even that, I had like three was the most D1 players to come from a club team. Really? Yeah, like in Oregon and, and when I was growing up was not, I mean, the younger kids were crazy. Uh -huh. Two years younger had like the, they won like the national championship and everything. But like my age, it was very, we only had like two D1 guys from my whole like in the state of Oregon from my age group. Really? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Wow. I might be wrong. I might be completely throwing <laughs> that out, but I'm pretty sure. I'm trying, I, I just can think of a few. Um, yeah, so that, you got a tight-knit community of guys that just always love to play, always were playing in the backyards, uh -huh. just pick up games all the time? Pick up games all the time, literally That's all awesome. the time. That's, I wish, like I was in the, I had nothing. I was just riding really? my bike around with my brother in like, <laughs> the suburbs of Portland, just wishing for that. That's so cool. And then um, when did you join your first like club team? Was that typical like U11? Yeah, I, I think it was U10, yeah, U11, somewhere in there. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, we all we all um, went from the neighborhood U Soccer League and we all like went to that travel team and just basically kind of took it over. <laughs> yeah. All those guys got got on got onto the A team and so it was a it was an easy transition obviously more traveling and stuff but you know same people around mm -hmm. you that's cool and then did you guys were, were your club team was your club team good like in the state or how was it how did it rank to everybody else yeah we were good we we either won or made it to the state final every single year that i was okay. <laughs> wow that i was a youth player yeah dang that's that's said some heartbreakers we won four state titles and then i think we lost four um finals that's that's good i mean it's funny how talking to some people like do you know like moses mckinney mm. he was at el paso he was in tulsa roughnecks in 2019 before you got here but he was one of those guys i think he said he won like eight like state championship like eight final games Eight of them from uh -huh. eleven to eighteen. Jeez! Like every year, his team just won, won, won. And I, I what never, state was he in? Um, both uh, Maryland, Maryland. Yeah. <laughs> like <crap>, Baltimore. <laughs> I didn't think about that one. Hey, Gucci, chill. That makes sense. If he was, is he on like the Bays, Baltimore Bays, or something? That sounds familiar. I or think, Bethesda. I they got some so. really good clubs up there. Yeah. Hey, we would always. Chill. It was always you know, really hard. Or, or not super hard to make it through the state, but whenever we got to the region, mm -hmm. it was always really, really tough to 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 win it or yeah. to get out of your group even. Um, yeah, dang, that's that's pretty cool though. And then did you stay with that club team all the way through? Oh yeah, U eighteen. What was it called? Beach FC. Beach FC. Of course, <laughs> why not? <laughs> you know, um, yeah. There was that. It was Beach was a big club there. Um, and then Virginia rush, mm -hmm. you know, there's rushes all over the country. Yeah. They like moved in. And when I was U 18, that's when they got their Academy set up going there. And, uh, you know, it, by that time I'd already committed and there was no real point in 
you know, spending more money and traveling more places when I was, the end goal was mostly just get to college. Yeah. It's not crazy. Like now looking at the Academy setup now and like the path to pro now as kids versus when even for, I mean, we're not even like a, I guess it is a generation, but like one generation and it's so different. There wasn't same for me in Oregon. We had one year of an Academy team and that was like my U 16 year for one year. Mm -hmm. I didn't make that. And then it disbanded after one year. Yeah. So when people are like, what do you mean you didn't play Academy? I'm like, there was no Academy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's crazy. It's good. It's a good thing. It is it's good. Improving. It's good. It, or, yeah, it is good. But we had things like, did you do ODP? Mm-hmm. Oh, no. No? I We had ODP, but I, I was never good at yeah, that. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah. yeah. That was like my thing. Was I, would, I was like on the tail end of the ODP. I know they still have it, but, you know, before all the kids went to the DA, mm-hmm. like most kids were doing the ODP. And so I was like... I'd run my course with them and, you know, had some success, success there. And so, you know, I wasn't trying to, I felt like I was, you know, relatively well known for, you know, wanting to do what I wanted to do, which was just to go to college. Mm -hmm. So. And did you always play center mid? Were you always a center midfielder somewhere in there? I was always up until, well, I think you, or how far back you want to go? (laughs) U11. You, I think my first year as travel player, I was a right back. Mm -hmm. And And then you said, no, no more of this. (laughs) This sucks. I was like barely starting. I was not doing well. And then I don't remember. I had this conversation with Carly the other night. I don't remember why I got changed. I think that was right around the time where I went to ODP mm-hmm. and I like got integrated with the younger guys because most of those guys were 92s that I was playing mm-hmm. with. So I would go back to the 93s and I would be, you know, a little bit better, a little bit more mature playing with older guys and they put me in center mid and then from there I think that's where I kind of took off and mm-hmm. and then I've never played anywhere other than in the middle of the field my entire career since then. <laughs> Was it so it was it a coaching decision that made that switch for you or were you like, I want to play center mid? I think it was a little bit of both uh-huh. probably. It's um, a good decision then. It worked yeah, out. Yeah, I would say. Yeah. And w- during this time, like between U11 and U18, were you thinking, I know you said the, the goal was always just D1, but were you thinking pro or were you just kind of just focused on the next, next step? Yeah, just uh, for me, it was always college. Um, I had actually, I'd gone on quote unquote trial for bristol city uh-huh um i spent a few weeks over there with some friends and my coach had a connection over there he used to be a player there and uh they expressed you know interest and in, like having wanting me to come back and i remember talking to my mom about it and just the idea of leaving home mm-hmm. at i think i was 14 or 15 at the time and and going over there and you know i had the conversation with my mom and i said you know i don't really know if i want to do this and i was like you don't have to convince me, you know, like she, you know, we had always talked about just the dream was always to go to UVA. Mm -hmm. So that was, you know, that was the only thing that was going through my mind. It's like, if this isn't going to, if me moving isn't going to help me get to UVA, then, you know, why would I, why would I really do it? Yeah. That's funny. I think that's uh, something that I've noticed too, like with the, with the better academies coming in, the better club teams, like more and more kids are focused more on like, how to just become a pro which i think is a good thing and i also think there's like negatives to that too because they're so worried about that and then they're 16 they haven't signed a pro contract and they freak out a little bit yeah and for me at 16 i was same thing i was the same way like just d1 if i can get a d1 offer that's that's all i had like i wanted to be a pro but i also wanted 
10 million dollars you know yeah so that was how it was in my head yeah so it's kind of funny i think some kids get a little bit like nowadays get a little lost thinking too far ahead and i'm like just kind of focus on the next step yeah and i think like i'm not saying don't dream big but it's like you know what i'm saying right yeah i think yeah it would just with the the times that we were growing up in it was just kind of unheard of Mm -hmm. not unheard of but it was so rare and it was just such a leap of faith because you hear about those stories, or I don't know if you did, but I heard about those stories about kids in in Europe that if they don't make it, like most of the time when they're trying to make it, they're sacrificing their education. Yeah. So if they don't make it and they're not educated, then it's like those, it's straight into those blue collar, really hard working jobs, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. there's, and there's no real other alternative. So that was something that it was almost like a, a calculated decision of, you know, I want to have a fallback if this doesn't work out because I knew that, you know, I I thought I was good, but I didn't know, mm-hmm. you know, you just don't know, I guess. Do I didn't you, have anyone that would tell, that was telling me, you know, this is the path to go on. Yeah, yeah. It was almost like, and it was also a little bit of being naive to, to think I can go to college and then I'll become a pro. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like yeah, then it, I'll go over to Europe and, and then I'll, yeah, yeah. Right. So that was kind of, you know, because you don't really realize how important those years from 16 to 21 are mm-hmm. in your development. Yeah. Like that is when those top, top players, that's when they, they really yeah. come into their, into their own. And that's, don't want to say you stop developing after, um, 21, like, cause your technique can always get better. You can always, you know, do more stuff, but, but that is definitely those important years, huge developmental years. Yeah. Yeah, like I, I always like people always ask like, what would you change if I went back? I'm like I, I was training twice a week with a club team from U11 through U18, yeah. and I was playing with my brother, but it wasn't even training really. It was like, oh, let's try to keep the ball up, let's juggle, let's play one v ones, but it was all c- competition. Mm-hmm. And so, like, if I'm looking back, I'm like, my training was. T-. And then with the club team, you have some terrible coaches that would run you <laughs> yeah. for like 30, 40 minutes out of the, and you have two days a week of training, and half of it you're running. And it just it blows my mind looking back on that, how the, the lack of development that I had through all those years. Just I'm like, dang, I wish I could go back and be my own coach or like a one-on-one coach from 13, yep, even yep. earlier. Yeah. Do you, do you regret not going to Bristol City or do you like? No, not at all. Um, mostly because, um, well, I, I, I got the next step that I wanted. You mm-hmm. know, like it, it was a risk that, who knows if it would have made, if it would have worked out. So it's kind of, I mean, in hindsight, you know, that would have been a great experience to talk about with, but there's no guarantee that it would have worked out. So yeah, I'm okay with my decision. How long, yeah. How long were you in Bristol for like on the trial? Just for, I think it was 14 days, 14 to 20 days, something like that. Uh-huh. I went, I've watched Bristol city and like live. Oh yeah. Yeah. I was over there cause Mimi studied abroad in Bristol. So I went over there. Ashton Gate? Huh? Ashton Gate? That's their stadium. Oh, the stadium. Yeah. 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 Uh, but I thought you meant the school. I have no yeah. idea what school Mimi was at. <laughs> but yeah, went to there, went to a game. Then she just surprised me, like, yeah, I got games for this team. Like, I don't know what it is, but it's Bristol City. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. It was it was a good environment. It was fun. Oh, yeah, um, it's great over there. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a small world. And then so uh that was like two, three years ago. So, um, talk about like your transition from club, like U17, U18 to college. How did, how did that work out? What were your, what were you looking at? How did you get recruited? 
So I was recruited by UVA. Um, I was recruited by Tech. I was recruited by William Mary, mostly Virginia schools. Mm-hmm. And UVA actually gave me the worst deal. They they said, you know, you can be a preferred walk on, get a get a spot on the team, and you can you know work your way into the lineup. You know, junior senior year. Um, you know, but you know, you have a spot here, you have a spot in the school and you know, mm-hmm. you're a Virginia guy, that's what you wanted. So, okay. Um, so I had to convince my parents to, to help me out that first year. And, uh, I just knew when I went, when I got there that I had to just make an impact immediately. Mm-hmm. And, um, so like I, I just had it in my head, like I have to play, like I have to be playing by the end of this preseason and. Um, you know, I did really well going in and I was able to start the, I don't think I started the first game, but I started the second game and started every single game my freshman year until, until my knee injury. Jeez. That's, that's pretty good from a yeah. preferred walk on. Did they guarantee you a roster spot? Was that how it worked? Did they yeah. Say, okay. It's like, uh, you know, you sign your national letter of intent. It's, yeah. 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 You're, you're into the school, you're on the team. And then based on merit, you, you know, can get money after that. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, after the first, I think I made it eight games before the knee injury, but I was on a full ride after that. Were you worried at all? Because you said you got better offers from other schools. Did you get scholarship offers from other schools that, and you, were you nervous turning down some coaches that probably maybe wanted you more at that moment and then going to a school that was like, maybe didn't have as high of an interest level? Um, I probably should have been more than I was. Yeah. But you're just thinking UVA, that's what I wanted. That UVA, was my goal. My room was painted orange and blue since I was, you know, 10 years old. Like I always loved the school. I always loved the Cavaliers for whatever reason. It just stuck with me. My, my friends, uh, parents went there and stuff. And so we were mm-hmm. kind of around it. Um, I remember on my recruiting trip to William & Mary, um, it's a really good coach there. Um, coach Norris and uh, I remember him giving me an analogy on like how to make my decision and he he basically said Eric you can either be a big fish in a small pond or you can be a small fish in a big pond and he's like that's just the decision that you've got to make and I think he was you know saying it to convince me to you know go to William Mary to be the big fish yeah Um, but it worked opposite in my mind I said I want to be you know I want to be in that big, big pond and I want to prove myself against Uh the best of the best. And so that's exactly like after that, you know, trip, I pretty much committed, you know, a week later. That's funny. Yeah. I I mean, I think that's, that's a good thing. I think it's, I've always thought about it. Like if you go to the team and you try to prove yourself there, it's always easier to come back down. So that always with my decision-making, even with pro teams and stuff has been like, well, I'd rather go with the highest competition where I think it's going to be the best level. If it doesn't work out there, I can easily come drop down a level yeah. and play there versus performing and then coming up, I think is harder. Yeah. You know? Yeah, for sure. It's like, uh, it can go either way. Right. Because younger guys, I'd say, you know, go to the lower team and, and just mm-hmm. get games and play. Right. But it can definitely be tricky because if one bad year and you could find yourself stuck for, you yeah. know, for quite some time for a long time yeah uh, uh that's, that's interesting that because I, I have uh the last person who uh, jerome i was like who did i just have jerome <laughs> on the podcast he kept on saying about his whole thing with making decisions wherever he's gone with teams has always been find the coach that 
has shown the most interest in me, he wants me the most, and he's always going to go there. Mm-hmm. Like that's where he's his whole. I mean, it was like a theme every really? single time. Yeah. So it's funny how different people make different decisions. Or I mean, it's so situational too. Like so mm-hmm. you just, it's like such a gut thing, you know, yeah. like based off even what is going to make you happier too. So it's it's just interesting. Yeah. The, yeah. Well, they always say when you're making college decisions too, like go to the school that you can see yourself being yeah. at even if you didn't have soccer. Yeah. So that also kind of swayed me up. Yeah. UVA that, is just, you know. That's why I uh, really chose UC Davis even compared to like Gonzaga because Gonzaga was, I had a preferred walk on and a scholarship offer at Oregon State and then I had a scholarship offer at, at UC Davis. Nothing, small scholarships. Mm-hmm. But I was like, uh, I don't want to be in Gonzaga and be freezing in the winter. So I was like, oh, I'd rather yeah. go to California and be warmer, even though Cal- UC Davis had a, a wor- like worse facilities, worth that, worse everything. But I'm like, you know what? I'll, the sun is going to make me marginally happier. The coach is interested in me. Mm-hmm. There's a little bit of both of that, you know, it's kind of, that's how I made my decision at Davis. Um, and then, so how was, uh, how was, uh, you know, you talked about how you came in and you obviously made an impact because you were considered or close to a starter from the get-go almost how did you make such a good impact coming in i think what helped me a lot was going to summer school they've got like an integration period where where guys can come in and i got around the older guys on the team mm-hmm. the team had actually won the national championship uh the year before i got there wow um or no actually they had won it two years and so like the year after that they had lost a lot of guys and it was kind of a bit of a lull. So mm-hmm. those guys were like trying to get their footing. They were a year older, obviously. And so it was good to just get in with those guys and kind of, you know, see what the team dynamic is, you know, um, who plays where tendencies. Cause in those, uh, summer sessions, I think yeah, they're four or five weeks long. Mm-hmm. You play pickup every night, yeah. you, you train with them every day. So it was cool to, and then you've got like the coaches hanging out on the parking garages, like yeah. spying on us. To seeing see, who's doing well. Yeah, exactly. Like seeing. <laughs> Just outside of the, the, the rules and regulations of NCAA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I probably shouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, my coach would always I think be, it was the co- I don't know if it was actually. <laughs> my coach would always be doing a walk around the campus during our pickup games <laughs> just go on my nightly walk oh <laughs> oh soccer cool yeah wow what, I'll just... are those my guys yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's funny no i think that's so smart though i i did the same i didn't do it my actually I did kind of do it my first year but not the full summer school i came in three weeks earlier i just literally just hit up my coach i'm like hey i'm here can mm-hmm. i stay with the guys and he's like yeah sure that's threw awesome. me in a house slept on the couch but training for three weeks even because you get a little bit more comfortable you know players names it's not as much pressure on that first day because you've proven yourself at least to 10 guys, 15 guys. Right. So I think that's Plus, huge. you know, you know, the bus schedule, you know, you know, the city a little mm-hmm. bit or the town or whatever. And then you, you know, you get to know the, the athletic trainer a little mm-hmm. bit. And so just like the stuff that is going to, that you need to know day one, mm-hmm. you get that little bit of a grace period. To, yeah. Yeah. Just, just so you're not like coming in with deer in a headlight, like, oh wow, this is college and, you know, all this other stuff going on outside of soccer. And then, you know, the soccer itself can be intimidating as well for a yeah, player. Definitely. And then um, when you, like, when you, how were you, did you guys, uh, for like fitness and stuff with the college, that's big in college. Did you yeah. do any extra fitness leading into that? And do you think that helped or was your coach more about just playing on the field? He had, I'm trying to remember he did have like we had standards that we had to meet the cooper test i'm sure you've heard of yeah um so 
unless you pass that test and that would always be the first day of preseason, then mm. you, you weren't allowed to train. Uh huh. So, <laughs> and I got some funny stories about the Cooper test. Cause just some guys just aren't built to do it, I guess, yeah. but <laughs> yeah, I think it's, it's so, unfair for it's some so funny, but, um, yeah. So that was like our, your main focus going into to UVA was make sure you pass the Cooper cause mm -hmm. you don't want to miss a training session. Mm -hmm. And, um, if you're, if you're good to pass that, you know, you can do, all, you know, we did the beep test and stuff like that, but you know, that is, there was no minimum that you had to get. It was just gauging players. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that was for me, like I got, honestly, I got very lucky cause I kind of did the same thing. They're like, yeah, come in. I don't think I was being looked at as like a starter or anything freshman year. And then the coaches were super about like athletic, fast fit. And I fit that bill like perfectly. Mm -hmm. And so I like had so much to work on technically finishing wise, but they just stuck me up top because the college, you know, 20 minutes, run your ass off for 20 minutes. Yep. Yep. Pressure the defenders, sprint in behind. We're going to hit it in behind and you just run after every ball. And I, I literally just fit that to a T and I came in and I was like second fittest on the team and did the same stuff. And like that helped me a lot. And like going back, I'm like, yeah, I think like all the fitness I did really helped uh, at the beginning. But like, I wish again, like just don't focus on that. Like I focused too much on that when I was growing up, especially 18, 17, 16. Yeah. Too much fitness yeah. should have been more balanced. But I think it still helped me where coaches were like, wow, this guy, he's fit, athletic. He, he came in seriously wanting to like impress, you know? Right. Yeah. Oh, there's definitely, I mean, it, if I'm thinking about it from a coach's perspective, there's always room on my team for someone that's fit and has the right mentality. Mm -hmm. 100% you need those guys because those guys will be infectious to the rest of the group and will help push, push the level. So, you know, every team, every team needs that, but I definitely see what you're saying with. Yeah. Know. Yeah. That, that was, there, yeah. there are other aspects to the game that you've got to refine. And the as thing well. is too, especially like, I mean, I was running like an 11, 15 Cooper, which was pretty good, but like, it's like, could Very I have done good. like 11, 45 Cooper, like just pass like yeah. pretty handedly. But, and then instead of spending, you know, four days a week doing mile runs and everything do tw twice a week to get the 1145 and then focus more elsewhere yeah. on other areas that I needed. Yeah. But again, like I had no, what it was just me like, Oh, I signed the contract. Nobody around me was really going D one. So I was like, okay, well don't really know what I need. So yeah. I'm just going to do my own training and we'll see what, what happens. Um, how was, uh, when did you have your knee injury? So yeah, my freshman year. Freshman year. Yeah. So you're eight games in, then you said you got your knee injury. Yep, yep, yep. And what happened with your knee? I was uh it was our ACC home opener against UNC. And uh it was it was in the first half. It was a loose ball, and I remember stretching my leg out to try and poke it um forward. And as soon as I planted it, so actually really sad, uh Kirk Urso, I don't know if you remember him, but UNC. Mm -hmm. Then went to play for Columbus, but ended up passing away. Very sad story. But anyways, he, as soon as I planted my foot, he came in from behind and just completely just demolished me. Uh -huh. Like snapped my knee right in half, torn ACL, torn MCL, like grade three off the bone, shriveled up in the top of my knee. Um, it was one of the, it was like one of those where as soon as it happened, I knew my season was over. I knew that this was really bad. Yeah. Cause I'd been hurt before ankle stuff, muscles, whatever. Nothing had felt like that. Mm -hmm. yeah, it's funny how like you can, you just know, like in your, like another gut feeling, you just know it. This is different. 
because every player's rolled an ankle. Every player's got in a hamstring strain at one point. But like, yeah. Did you have any other sur- Was that your first surgery through your career? That was my first surgery. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then, um, how long? How was the recovery from that? How long did that take? That one took about a year. It's. Sh- I really should have redshirted the next year. Mm-hmm. I played through my sophomore year with pain the entire time. Um, but it was about. It was about a year and a half until I really felt like I wasn't in pain anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Cause the, the, when you're cleared to play and when you actually feel back to normal is never the same day. Never the same. Like yeah. even with sports, how was your sports hernia, which we'll get into later, but like, yeah. did, was it the same? Like, cause that's a pretty mild injury right, in right. terms of surgery. How was that like return to play? And when you felt a hundred percent, that one was, well, I feel like I had a lot more grace period cause you know, we had those, was it three months oh, off? Oh yeah. So yeah. I got the surgery right before lockdown and then, you know, like had three months. Mm-hmm. So I felt pretty good. It still like sometimes kind of flares up, but, but yeah, no, it was, nothing was compared to that. I've had as compared to, to the knee. Mm-hmm. So MCL, except for my ankle. <laughs> <laughs> so MCL and ACL for that. Huh? So MCL, ACL. Yeah. That's and it was like off. MCL, that was the worst part about it was the MCL, right? Cause it's, mm-hmm. that's, you know, when you're passing, when you're passing the MCL is protecting the knee. So every time you hit it with the inside of your foot, mm-hmm. that's the MCL. And it just took forever for me to, you know, to f- really feel confident in that thing, to be able to whip it. And, mm-hmm. you know, it just, you know, still to this day, if it's really cold out, I still feel it. But how were you mentally during that time? Like, didn't, like it, did you struggle or was it because it was in college that it helped have more of a distraction or? Um, I was, I was really up and down. I was, um, initially I was really, really sad, stuck in my dorm room. Um, you know, guys are going out They're They're still in season. So they've got a bunch of freedom and I'm over here on crutches, like just trying to get to class in mm-hmm. Virginia, UVA, Charlottesville is really uh, hilly. So I'm, having to like <laughs> crutch up hills. I'm trying to call taxis. They never show up on time. Uh-huh. Like, you know, all kinds of stuff going on. Um, so it was, it was definitely a dark time. I remember my, I didn't go to class for like two weeks. And one of my, one of my favorite professors, um, he was a, an econ guy. His name was professor Edwin Burton. And he, I remember him showing up in the, my dorm room, and, and knocking on it and, wow. and being like, why the hell haven't you been in class? And I'd be like, uh, sorry, <laughs> professor. And, and like, he knew I was hurt, but he was like, come on, get in my car. And he like drove me to lunch and, uh, it just like became a thing. We, we went to lunch, you know, however, so often, you know, maybe once a month, you know, my entire career. And he's just been a, been a mentor, but you know, he knew that I was not doing well. And, um, you know, but I, but at the same time, as sad as I was off the field, like when I got into the training room, I knew every day push myself. Mm-hmm. If you push yourself, if you put in this work, it's going to be better. Like it's gonna, you might not be the same from what you were before, but that doesn't mean that, you know, you can't be better. You can't just be different, you know, mm-hmm. and, and add, you know, value that way. But, um, so I'd say it was like conflicting off, off of it. I was very sad, but when it was when it was time to work, I never had a a question of motivation in my in my mind. Yeah, yeah, that's 
crazy for the professor did that that's awesome yeah he's awesome yeah. but i know what you mean about the conflicting like it's you, you got to do it you know it doesn't let that affect your rehab routine but like yeah it's it's up and down and everything um and then you said sophomore year that season just playing through pain did you play every game or did you come back later yes. play started every game every game but played through pain played through pain the entire time it was a very uh mediocre season for us we made it to the second round of the NCAA tournament and got knocked out by New Mexico, actually. Uh-huh. Um, but it was just, you know, one of those very average seasons. Mm-hmm. Then how did uh, junior and senior year go? And then junior year came around and we got in a really good rookie class. The sophomores there were, um, had been there for a year coming into their own and we, we turned it around a lot and we made it to the final four lost a heartbreaker to to our arch nemesis maryland Mm -hmm. in ppl or i guess it's something else now but in philadelphia union's uh stadium and that was like the thing that catapulted us through senior year which is where we had everybody come back Mm -hmm. ready to go and uh you know we won the national championship that year how was that that's that's crazy (laughs) it was it was pretty cool it was pretty cool to see like the whole hard work of everybody over that amount of time, just, you know, from all the stuff that we'd been through, all the ups and downs, not being the most talented team, mm-hmm. 100%, not the most talented team, but just having the resilience and the belief in each other, like to be a part of that is, is just one of the reasons why you play sports. Mm-hmm. I'm biased, but you know why I think sports are so important to just, people in general and what you can learn from them and apply in real life. But it's just, you know, being able to celebrate with those guys and, and, you know, just be a part of something bigger than yourself. I think that was, that was the coolest part of the whole thing. And I got goosebumps. That was so cool. I literally to win a national championship is just, I can't even imagine how that would feel (laughs) in the locker room. That's so sick. It was cool. And like the stars aligning, like you had everybody coming back, probably had, didn't have that much, many injuries throughout the season like everybody was probably clicking on the field and off the field like just everything probably aligned huh it was good it was good most most of it aligned uh, i was i was injured like on and off my whole senior year i had back injuries uh-huh. um probably stemming from the from the knee injury um so i didn't even i didn't play those first i actually had a groin injury at that time but i had a lot of injuries <laughs> I didn't play the first three games and then the semifinal made a brief appearance. And then the final, I played like 15, 10 minutes or 15 to 20 minutes. So it was mostly the, like I said, the younger guys stepping mm-hmm. up and, um, you know, we had a, a couple older guys out there, but yeah, it was just cool. Like I said, to just be a part of it. Yeah. And then, uh, next step after that. So you guys won the national championship. Obviously every professional team is looking at your guys' team. Um, how did the next steps go? The transition into the the pro game. Did you get it? Did you graduate? You graduated. Yeah, I graduated. Did, I did you graduate on time? Like in four years? Uh, in three and a half. Because I was, say, I was okay. doing the summer school. Yeah, I, ca- I continued doing summer school throughout my career. That's smart. So then, right after your senior season, you can no attachments. You can leave. Yep. with a degree. Yep, yep. That's the way to do it. I was, you know, mom's not mom's rule, but you know, she was like, "Hey, summer school, yeah. full ride. You're getting it paid for." Might as well do it. Were you thinking of like, because I want to graduate early to go play pro or you just thinking like, 
I should, after my this, junior I should year, yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, after my junior year, I was thinking, okay, let's do this though. Because junior year, that was probably my best year in college. And I was uh, second team All-American. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I knew that uh, it was a possibility to to play after college. Yeah. So you got your younger self helped you out there, like freshman, sophomore year, taking those summer classes. You're like, okay, good. Yeah. Then it, the you're still going to do the summer school, but the focus has now shifted more to like, so I can leave early right, with the right, degree. Right. And then uh, how did, uh, when the season ended, did you get hit up by agents or did you get hit up by anybody or did you just wait for the combine or what'd you do? I had a guy, um, I actually still work with him. He uh, He's a UVA grad. He was, he's an OG. He was around when MLS first kind of started. And so he got mm-hmm. in with all those UVA guys. And so he kind of talks to, to UVA guys kind of, uh, you know, whatever. So I knew him through the network. And so um, it was kind of like, as soon as the last game, it was like understood that I was just gonna, I was gonna go with him because mm-hmm. I'd been, I'd been speaking to him. So. Mm-hmm. And then uh, how did the the combine and the draft go? Um, so I was invited to the combine, but didn't go. Uh-huh. because of an injury shocker <laughs> what would you injure this time this one was a sports hernia but okay. i didn't know it at the time really yeah I so know this. so i um played in that i played in that uh national final i had a hernia mm-hmm. um or i guess i didn't know it at the time but i had one and then um as soon as um it got, it was like two weeks later where the combine was being held. Cause it was, mm-hmm. the final was on the 15th of December. Then it was, you know, January, you know, I think they do first week of January. It's the combine. Then it's the draft right after that. Mm-hmm. So I got invited. I called my agent. I can't go, you know, I'm hurt. So, okay, whatever. At the time I was, you know, getting pretty good feedback from, you know, you might sign a senior deal or, you know, you're looking like you're going to go in the first round, top 10. I saw mm-hmm. a couple mock drafts like that. Um, so I wasn't too worried about it. And then, you know, obviously draft day came around and you're, I was like one of those guys where there's the names kept slipping in. <laughs> They're like, well, there's a good midfielder on the board. His name's, you know, we thought he'd go higher, but here he is. And so finally the second to last pick in the second round, I got picked by Philly. Um, and I remember not getting a call for like almost two hours and, and just wondering like, all right, like what happens now? What are we doing? And, uh, but eventually Jim Curtin called me and and he was like, yeah, I've been watching you throughout your career in college and I really like you. Can't wait to get you in. Let's get you in. You know, I think it was in two weeks. And so I went in and, um, you know, I thought by then I'd be healthy mm-hmm. because I just thought it was a groin injury. Of course, I always, every yep. sports hernia is a, a groin injury at first. And so I, uh, I said, okay, um, I'll be ready to go. And then I was ready to go, played the first, you know, couple weeks, uh, preseason was doing really, really well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it just, I remember like a specific training down in Clearwater where I just felt it go again yeah, and it just never went away. And, um, so we got an MRI and he was like, yeah, you have a hernia. You gotta, we have to get surgery. And before I knew it, I was on a plane to LA to 
get surgery and mm-hmm. was just, you know, kind of battling back ever since. Yeah. No, that's I or mean, like for the rest of the year battling back. Yeah. And when you're like because you didn't you hadn't signed a, a senior deal senior deal. So it was just you were on trial pretty much. Pretty much on trial, yeah. Mm-hmm. Luckily they did they did, you know, they said we're gonna sign you and get you the surgery. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't super stressful. That's good. But um but yeah. And then uh when you when you felt it go, what did it what did it feel like for you? It just felt like like a pinch almost yeah i don't know i don't know the exact sensation but it just felt like i I remember like clipping a ball in behind and just being like ooh, yeah and then it just stayed there yeah and it was just you know it wasn't it didn't feel like it was a perfect groin injury it felt like above it Mm -hmm. and so um yeah it was just something that i was like hey i don't think uh you know i can play i think we need to get this looked at and you know thankfully they were like all right we'll have a look and enough Mm -hmm. yeah that's that's how it felt for me like a little wasn't very painful like i had i was feeling like tight beforehand a little bit and then all of a sudden just a little yeah pinch or like for me it just felt like a little that's what i I describe as just Mm -hmm. like in right in my uh pelvic area on the side i'm like that's weird like that's different like the gut instinct like that's different Uh like same thing I, i i don't think that's a growing strain it's not a strain and yeah that's just it sucks. But how was the recovery from that? That was now that one was more tedious than, than this past one. Yeah. That one felt like I was not the same for probably, you know, maybe we were doing more stuff, but it was at least three and a half months. Mm-hmm. Did you just have like a the abdominal mesh put in? Just that? Yeah, the mesh. No adductor release? Mm-mm. Yeah. Yeah, I think that it's like I've heard it's just like kind of depends like on how deep sometimes that it is or how like uh, just how your body recovers from it. My first one was way worse than the second one. Really? But still my second one was still longer than like because I, I was back playing in six and a half weeks, but back 100% was like four or five months. Mm-hmm. And the first one was like 11 months. Like mine was the first one, but I also delayed, delayed, misdiagnosis, did the surgery on the abs, needed it adductor release as well and the adductor for me was the was the hard one because like that's where it was like the power to Uh explode and to cross and to do everything with the adductor like that felt like i could not sprint or move laterally at all it's terrible yeah but that's i mean three months still is a pretty long time in a in a season yeah i felt like as soon as it was time to like get back into it Mm -hmm. (laughs) three months with with that level of guys yeah (laughs) and you're just way way behind the curve and just your first professional season knowing you know just the ins and outs and stuff yeah it was uh it was really tough to get back from that yeah and how did the the rest of the season go and so they would loan me to harrisburg Mm mm-hmm um, I got probably like seven or eight games, but it was always at the end of the game. I would never start or anything. The coach was um, kind of a stickler about that. He wanted, he was like, if you want to come here full time to compete, you yeah. know, then you need to come here full time, you know, because I'm, if not, I'm not going to start you, mm-hmm. which I understood 100%. Um, but Philly was reluctant to do so because they had such injury problems that year. They just needed the numbers in training. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of got stuck in between that. And I think it was <laughs> this is a reoccurring thing, but 
I was down in Charleston playing, um, and we had come on. And it was three zero. Game was gone. We were we were losing, and um, I remember like receiving a ball and just you know passing it just as quick as I could and just you know typical me. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just remember getting absolutely just blindsided by this guy. Straight red card. Uh-huh. Just crushed me right in the knee. Yeah. That same bad knee that I had had problems with. And it was a grade two MCL and that pretty much knocked me out to, to the end of the season. So I came, so I played or the first three months injured next two months, more or less, uh, came back, you know, was playing. And then the next two months was, was MCL again. And then, you know, a couple weeks or whatever. And then the season was over and Mm -hmm. that was back when Philly was not, not very good. Yeah. (laughs) How, uh, how were you going into like the end of the year meetings? Were you nervous because you hadn't really performed for Philly or what was going through your head? I was just, I had no idea what was going to happen, to be yeah. honest. I knew that they had liked me. And I, and by the way, the like how the meeting went, it was, you know, it was evident. But I also knew that, like you said, I hadn't really played for them. So I just didn't know what they were going to do or the team wasn't good if they were going to clean shop with everybody and whatever. But I remember, you know, going into the meeting and it was positive and it was like, Hey, we love you as a, as a person, as a player, you come in, you, you know, you're a professional or you stay late. You're the, you're the last one to leave. Um, but you know, you've, you've been injured, you mm-hmm. know, like we can't, we can't really do much with that. And, and, uh, um, I remember Jim saying like, I think you need a couple of years in USL to play games. And then I think you'll be back in MLS and, uh, you know, he actually was right about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, so like after that season, like you've now had um, MCL. How long did that take to recover? About six weeks. Uh huh. Yeah, it's not because it's grade two. It didn't yeah, grade two. Yeah. So I mean, you've had now the knee injury and a sports hernia, and then now like the MCL. Were you ever thinking like, like? this isn't going to work or like I should stop or like, were you ever thinking about quitting at that time? Cause it was a rough year. Were you nervous about going and doing a few years USL or what, what were you thinking at that time? I was, I was thinking uh, like naively thinking an MLS team, what going to pick me up. Yeah. <laughs> and when it never happened, then I was thinking, oh, cause I had had options in USL that I turned down or just kind of sat on mm-hmm. like FC Cincinnati was one. And then I remember, um, you know, not them retracting it because, you know, I'd waited too long. They were going a different direction. And um, then I thought, you know, I don't know if I'm going to be able to find a team. I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this. Mm -hmm. And then luckily I found I had a connection with RGV Mm -hmm. through college. Um, The assistant coach here, Michael DeLaRusso, was at Maryland. Mm -hmm. Say the arch nemesis, right? But... (laughs) Um, he was looking out and, and he remembered me. And so he brought me in and, um, even then I was like, do I really want to live in McAllen, Texas? You know, Mm -hmm. like young single guy at the time didn't really, you know, have any connections down there. The city's not like, you know, overly flowing with, you know, young people and, Mm -hmm. you know, it's just a different lifestyle, but, uh, when I got down there, I met the guys. I like, I knew that I, this is where I should be. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I'm really glad that, uh, that I was able to, 
you know, stick. Or I was, I'm glad that I was, I stuck it out and, mm-hmm. you know, whatever got, got in with those guys. Cause that season for sure turned around my perception of professional soccer and, you know, just not taking it for granted. And yeah, it's the, it's the one where, you know, you, you have nothing. So any, everything else after that point, like doesn't seem so bad. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah um, yeah makes you it makes you feel you know very thankful for you know all the stuff that you do have yeah i was i was thinking about that 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 literal thought today Mm -hmm. because i remembered like coming back because i struggled with injuries in st louis had to go down to new zealand and play like low level there um come back into the usl another sports hernia and then like struggled there and i remember that first game back we played at Sacramento Republic and like, I remember like that, you know, they have amazing atmosphere there, 10,000 fans and everything. And I remember just like, I had played there three or four times before with Orange County and, and, and everything. And, and even when I was training with them, I played an exhibition game. Um, but like that game was like the most memorable game for me because I was like, I, I didn't want, I didn't take it for granted before, but like, I never truly appreciated like how much I missed it and how much like I loved it. So that game, I was like, I still think about that game now. And mm-hmm. I, I always tell myself, like, don't get it slipped in that mindset where I was before, which wasn't even bad, but just really appreciate like every single minute, even at training, you know, like right. appreciate every single rondo, every single training session. Yeah. Because yeah. you've had it, it's gone, it, like you've had it being taken away before and you just know how much you miss it, how much it sucks, you know? Right. Yeah, exactly. And so what year was this? That Philadelphia, was that 2016? 2015. 2015? Yeah. Okay. And then so you joined RGV in 2016. 2016, yeah. Yeah. And uh, like you said it was a, like the turnaround for your professional career. Like explain that. Like how did it how did it go there that first year? So RGV, it was a first year team at the time. They're affiliates with the Dynamo, mm-hmm. which, which really drew me in. But, um, you know, we got there and they put us in these like college dorms. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh like in a not in the best part of town and um the field that we were training on was the college field there or uh-huh. gb toros um we were training on the game field because our our facility you know wasn't done yet mm-hmm. we kept hearing about all oh, this great facilities coming in practice facility this great um you know 40 million dollar stadium uh, everything that they have now was, you know, supposed to be ready for that first year. And we kept hearing the stadium's going to be ready in two weeks and two weeks and two weeks. <laughs> and throughout the entire year, it never got finished in time, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, but eventually the training facility got, got, um, they got it working. And so I think it was like summertime, but you know, for the first, you know, four months we were training on this college field or walking to, to training every day and mm-hmm. it's hot as can be so you lived in the dorms that whole first year for the majority of that year until um enough people had their cars broken into uh-huh. <laughs> where they said okay we'll move you guys <laughs> and so they moved us into different apartments later that year but uh-huh that's it was this whole thing it was yeah, this whole thing yeah. and now like even though it was in the usl did that just playing games and having a good season that you re-motivate you to make another push up. And did you, that season you played games with Houston Dynamo, right? No, that was the next season. The next season. Yeah. Okay. Were so you first full season was, it actually kind of started Rocky. Uh-huh. Uh, I had a, a, a hamstring strain mm-hmm. and it was going to be like a week out 
and the guy that they had love the guy by the way but the guy that they had as our head athletic trainer was yeah. someone that was just fresh out of college like had just worked as like one of the assistants there mm -hmm. and he was our head guy and i just remember him like trying to do like some resistive um stretching with me yeah while my hamstring that was injured and i remember him like laying on top of me and my and just remember my hamstring tearing on the table and like it, it tore and i like was like get off of me <laughs> and so it knocked so, me out for about about six to eight weeks and wilmer if uh, he is a like you need to be playing you know yeah. like and if you have a hamstring injury you need to be back within a week and if not then yeah. i then i think that you're not taking it seriously so I had to like, I was in our first end of the year meeting that year, Wilmer goes, I'll be honest with you, I hated you. <laughs> so I absolutely hated you. <laughs> I was like, okay, fair enough. <laughs> I was like, I didn't think that you wanted, you wanted it. I didn't think that, you know, you were, you know, a winner, mm -hmm. all this stuff. Um, he was like, but, you know, as the season went on, once I finally got back, I started playing more and more First, as like a kind of a super sub role, mm -hmm. and then eventually, like in the last, you know, fifteen games, I played pretty much every minute, and mm -hmm. you know, so went on, had a good run of, you know, scoring and stuff, and um, yeah, like I said, like we finished second in the <clears throat> West that year, yeah, and it was just first year team, kind of a you know unheard of, a bunch of guys from from nowhere, and and so we. Uh, that was, you know, after that season ended, we, uh, Wilmer got promoted to manager of the Dynamo mm -hmm. and he was trying to bring guys with him. And so he ended up bringing, I think it was like six of us yeah. signed with the first team after that. Mm -hmm. Did you train at all with Houston during that time, that, that, that first year? Not that first year. Uh -huh. Were you nervous at all or worried because like you came there? hoping for affiliation with Houston and like, if you're not training with them or did you, did you think like, Oh, is how close is this affiliation? Are we worried about that at all? Not really. There were guys, um, that were going back and forth. So I mm -hmm. knew that it was a possibility. Mm -hmm. They were good about that. So like certain guys would fly up actually, um, Kevin did it a couple times mm -hmm. and Jose Escalante. I don't know if you remember Honduran guy. Yeah. He was, he was the first one. So in the summer he actually got signed by the dynamo. Okay from our team and so it was like okay this is cool and then at the very end of summer like the day before the window closed they signed kevin as well uh -huh. in that same window so you know we're seeing movement yeah. between the two and so so you're seeing it as a seeing possibility. movement yeah. by possibility but really focused on just wanting to win every game mm -hmm. yeah yeah, I mean that's that's pretty much it. You win everything else is going to take care of itself. Yeah, um, and it did. So you signed a the back in the MLS contract, and that was 2017. Now coming into 2017, the 2017 season, yeah. and um, was did that MLS contract? Did that mean more than your first MLS contract because you had re gotten back up there, like returned? Um, yeah, for sure. I mean, it was it was definitely a you know a testament to not giving up. And mm -hmm. just, I'd always believed that I could play at that level and, and hang with those guys, even in Philly. Um, and so it was just nice to, to kind of get that reaffirmed or, you know, have a little bit of, you know, 
belief in me. And, mm-hmm. and so, yeah, I guess you could say that it, that it definitely meant more the second time around. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, you gotta get out of McAllen, Texas. Not that, you know, Texas isn't great. McAllen isn't great. Right. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> great. Uh, but now you're going to Houston. How was the move into Houston? Houston was, um, it wasn't that terrible because, or, or, or wasn't that much of a difference because Wilmer was there mm-hmm. and he had expectations. Um, and he didn't really change based on his demeanor of how he, what he expected on the field, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. And so I was, I was used to his environment of how he motivates players, how he speaks to players, um, and all kind and all that kind of the dynamics between that. So it wasn't too much of a of a change. Obviously, the city cities are a change. Yeah. But um, but the playing <clears throat> style itself was the same. Um, obviously, the there was you know more quality players. So that was that was a change. But um, like the structure of the sessions and everything was was really similar. Yeah, that's nice. Again, like a nice transition in. It's not you're not coming in. Um, it's kind of almost like with college, like you had that easier transition into the team with being there over summer here. Right. You had the, you knew the coach, you knew a few guys coming in. It's not like you showed up day one. Right, right, again. right. Um, and then walk us through 2017 season now with Houston. So, um, I played every game with RGV, um, that year. I play. I started every game, and then I started a couple Open Cup games with the Dynamo. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, it was one of those again. Play as many times as you possibly can. Work in with the group. It was to this date, you know, my healthiest healthiest season. Being mm-hmm. able to play, I think it was thirty five games. Yeah, in a year. Um, so just which is a lot. Which a is good massive. body of work. Games. Yeah, it sounds like. It doesn't sound like a lot, I guess, but yeah, it, I was just, but it I, it's does. funny. I just said that. I'm like, wait, that's not a lot compared yeah. to like other. These but, European guys are doing like 50, 60 in a year. Yeah. But. Insane. But also, I mean, the USL is a pretty compact season, especially right. back in even more so last, uh, like in 2017, 2016. It would go yeah. from like March through September, pretty much. Yeah. Mm hmm. Um, and the, and the travel how, were you tra- were you traveling every weekend or every game down to RGV or yeah and I would and I would go up to train with the Dynamo sometimes mm-hmm. um, for like a week at a time but I was uh, you know based in RGV. Mm-hmm. Did you have two apartments then? Um, I had I would literally go up and just stay with those with George Malky and Charlie Ward. Mm-hmm. So no, I just had one in RGV but would stay with those guys whenever I'd come up. Gotcha. I played against George Malk. He went to... Uh, Cal Poly. Yeah, Cal Poly. Yeah. And I played against him. He's a legend. Shout out to Malky. <laughs> and then uh, how... So you played every game, 35 games now. So it was like the healthiest spell that you've had. Yeah. Um, were you, again, like, were you getting to the point like where you had complete trust in your body again? Like, did you ever lose that in the first place or... Like how, how there's always go? been like a <laughs> like not mistrust but definitely you know don't do this to me mm-hmm. <laughs> don't give up on me yeah the head and the body they they don't always get along but 
No, yeah, I, I think that after that season, I knew that it was possible. There was times in the season where I felt like I'm going to pull every muscle in my body if I play this game. <laughs> but then I go play it and I make it through. Yeah. And so it was definitely one of those. It's a, a lot of it is mental. Like mm-hmm. it really is. You've got to wrap your head around being able to play on a Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday in Sacramento, mm-hmm. a Wednesday in Seattle, and then next Saturday back home in, in McAllen. Like you've got to wrap your head around it. It's just going to happen. Yeah. And once the sooner you do that, the better off you'll be. Mm-hmm. That's good. And then uh, 2018, you obviously did well, like with RGV and everything. Yeah. Um, did you... for the, Backing up, did you just sign a one year? How did that go? Um, in 2017. Yeah, leading when you signed with uh, the Dynamo. It's four. It's three option years. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. So and then so they picked up your option. Yeah. Hmm. Um. How was the option, or was it a team option or player option? Team option always. Team option for always. Those, those contracts. Yeah. Yeah. Were you nervous signing like a? It's different. It's so different in the U.S. too because the options are like team options and yeah. like uh like you'll do that like signing that like were you nervous signing a, a team option and signing something where it's like it's not a hundred percent in your hands and in your control it yeah i mean uh, or again we're just kind of like i just want to play not for me yeah to me i was like i'm in the top division this is where i want to be playing this is who i want to be competing with and yeah. so wherever i am yeah it sucks that they kind of control the next four years of my life but at the same time this is what I want to be doing. So, yeah. I mean, I would sign it an instant. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> I was just, I was just, I'm just, they curious. also don't give you very much choice. You yeah. Know, it's either take it or leave. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm just curious what's going through people's heads when it comes like that kind of stuff. Um, and then, so how was 2018? 2018 was a lot better um, in terms of I actually got my debut with the Dynamo in Montreal. Um, I played. And started, we actually, um, we won the Open Cup that year. Did you? So played in the first three rounds of the Open Cup, I think it was. Mm -hmm. And then the quarterfinals, or sorry, semifinals, finals, we won. Um, Made the bench in the final, which was cool. Yeah, that's sick. Um, And then, uh, yeah, I I started four games that's that year mm-hmm. and uh made appearances in a, another a couple others so it was like a step forward from you know the year before and and um again we didn't make the playoffs but we were a talented talented team still trying to kind of we knew that we were, were like kind of streaky as you could see with the open cup we felt like we could win any game at home mm-hmm. but just as soon as we got on the road we just we would just kind of self-implode and mm-hmm. we gave up a lot of really tough results um bad score lines <laughs> yeah but um but yeah it was it was for like individual individually it was something that you know i was proud of i i made the bench i think it was you know majority of the games mm-hmm. played in some of them and um you know only went down to rgb for two or three games mm-hmm that year so it was you know positive stuff so this year did you have the apartment in houston yeah and i was full-time houston and then did you when you went down did you just stay with guys down there or did they set you up in a the hotel yeah in the hotel yeah okay that's good then so it's like you're kind of like transitioning more more uh 
setting down roots that year for sure yeah uh-huh. and then so that was also like your mls debut right mm-hmm. with montreal yeah how was that that was awesome yeah <laughs> it was so cool it was like the perfect night the perfect canadian summer night mm-hmm. like the weather was perfect um the pitch was perfect there in montreal it was uh I, I remember like, but, but I remember the very first corner kick they had, like within the first, I think it was like five minutes or whatever. And, uh, I just remember like Piatti, Ignacio Piatti getting mm-hmm. the ball and like cutting in or no, he didn't even cut in a ball popped out to him and he hit it first time and he just cracked the ball off the, off the crossbar. <laughs> And it was like one of those all shit moments of like, damn, all right. Yeah, I'm here. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> like you need to be ready to go because mm-hmm. this guy is not playing around. Like, and he is, he is a top player for mm-hmm. sure. But That's that was awesome. That was like one of the things I remember most about my debut is it's just being in the heat of it in the first five minutes and just like wake up call. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, do you have any uh, like favorite moments? that year like with mls games that stick out to you um let me think i think my my best moment was in uh in new york i played against the red bull and went the full 90 Mm -hmm. and um we ended up losing the game actually but i remember playing really well and one of the assistant coaches coming to me after the game saying that he thought I was the best player on the pitch. Wow. From your team or is it the Red Bulls? Like, yeah, he said from on the pitch. So No, which coach was it? Oh, from from our team, yeah. Oh, from your team, yeah. okay. So maybe he was biased. But. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, but still, that's, yeah. that's a good compliment. So, was, yeah. So that was pretty cool. And, and he was just encouraging me to keep going. And again, mm-hmm. it was just one of those like, okay, like you're here. Got to keep going. Yeah. You can't stop. That's awesome. That's really cool. If not that, then definitely the Open Cup. Yeah. For sure. Winning that or like the... Yeah, winning that, being on the field, mm-hmm. celebrating with the guys. Won a lot, huh? Had a good, successful... Sometimes, you know? Sometimes. I get lucky. <laughs> no, that's that's pretty cool. I remember I remember it's funny, back in like... In, I was at St. Louis, we had this Open Cup. We had a decent run where we finally got to play... Uh, actually, it was against the Red Bulls. We got to play the Red Bulls. And I, I remember being very frustrated because like I had played the first like three games. I felt like killed it, did really well in those games. But you kind of, you know, sometimes they put in like the, I wasn't starting at the time. So I was kind of like the second string. I was getting put in for those. But I thought I was doing extremely well, best games. And then finally, like we were going to play the Red Bulls and I got taken out, put on the bench. And I was just so frustrated. <laughs> like, dang, that should be, I, I should be playing against that, the MLS team. But you know that's how it works yeah and you, they want to win and they're going to put out who they think is the starting lineup at the time but yeah i mean i had a little like a lesser version of that where he's kind of pulled out of the starting lineup and yeah but no that's that's cool though and then so they picked up your option again for mm-hmm. 2019 and uh i'm assuming that you were probably feeling pretty confident going after that season that you're gonna get that option picked up again yeah i felt more confident for sure going into that meeting and, and it was all really positive and uh yeah i just remember them saying you know you had a little bit of success this year but you know next year you need to play like you need to play a lot Mm -hmm. so you know go have your off season but make sure you're ready yeah you're ready to go when you get back yeah um 
and how did that did you come back did you come back ready i felt like it i feel like i was playing the best soccer um i had been playing i had ever played for the dynamo in that preseason mm-hmm. um and for the first month i think it was um just just felt real confident knew my teammates really well knew what he wanted um and everything was going really well and then <laughs> and then <laughs> and then uh we were playing a small sided game and uh i remember it was wet out and i remember taking a shot and the ball was gone it was a late tackle ball was gone and i just remember planting and and uh one of the guys minor figueroa comes through my plant leg absolutely crushes my ankle i had i still have stud marks in my shin oh yeah so he hit me once there and then once on the right on the ankle Dang, so he really came in yeah with studs oh he was coming in he was coming in well we won't get into that but he, yeah um he got me and uh he we what was it i ruptured two ligaments in my ankle and i had cartilage damage down to the bone so every time i i was in full flexion like uh-huh. foot was like this i was completely bone to bone couldn't put any weight on it like just just done one another another one where i was like you knew trying to run all right i knew that it happened knew it was bad tried to run yeah. I was. I remember it was right before we were leaving to go to Tucson, and Wilmer was like, "You're you'll be ready, right?" Yeah. And I was like, "Yeah, I'll be ready. I'll be ready." <laughs> and I went to the doctor, got the MRI, X-rays, whatever, and he was like, "Yep, you're gonna be out for six months at least, minimum." <laughs> that sucks. Yeah. What What do you do to make all these players tackle you <laughs> like that? I have you no. Talk, I'm talk just wrong plays, the- wrong time. I yeah. swear. I mean, that three. I never kick anybody. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I can see even in these kind of trainings with our team, like it's it's especially in the center, like it gets it chippy. Does. There's, it does. It's tight. You're always in contact with somebody, and then if you you can't back out, so yeah. it's unlucky. I'll I'll be honest. I've done my fair share of kicks over yeah. the years, but but in this specific, in these two specific circumstances. I was not the instigator, did not, you know, do anything to provoke these guys. It was just, like I said, bad timing. Yeah. Wrong place, wrong time. So. Sucks. Um, but he got me, yeah. Yeah, that sucks. Uh, needed surgery? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So needed surgery. I was on a on one of those knee scooter things for about, uh, I think it was 12 weeks. Mm-hmm which sucks because it's a long time <laughs> to get my groceries time. in and out and being on the scooter. I was, mm-hmm. you know, uh, it was sometimes where I was just, and I, and I had, there was no like handicap access from the parking garage to the actual building where oh. I was living. So I was having to like one footed hop downstairs with a scooter in hand and with my coaches in the other hand, definitely wiped out a couple of times. Um, it was just, yeah, it sucked. It sucked. But um mm. yeah. Was that the worst injury, you think? Or the knee? You know, I would say the knee was harder to come back from, but in terms of pain, I think the ankle was was harder. Uh-huh. 
just not being able to put weight on it for that long. Yeah. And just, um, yeah. And it's just something that's going to be there for the rest of my career. Like the knee, I don't really do too, too much for, Mm -hmm. um, but the ankle, I still get injections and stuff so that I can play. Mm -hmm. Like if I don't, because you know, you can't recreate cartilage. So there's, there's nothing really there. Um, so, you know, if I want to play, I've got to, you know, get actual treatment yeah, to, to be able to keep doing that. So I'd say that this ankle is definitely the tougher of probably of the two long-term. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sucks. And so, I mean, six months now you're mid-summer coming back mm-hmm. and yeah. did you make your return on time or? I did. I did. Uh, again, through pain, but I knew I had a little sliver of hope that if I could get back and play mm-hmm. with RGV for 16 games or however much it was that, that they might give me another shot. Just, you know, maybe they'd say decline your option, bring you into preseason. Yeah. Cause at that time, um, or I didn't know it at the time, but you know, we weren't doing well. Wilmer was, he actually ended up getting fired at the second half of that year mm-hmm. in the second half of that year. So like it was a new coach and everything. So sliver of hope was, you know, there's a new coach coming in first impression, first impression. Yeah. Whatever. They know me, the, the GM again, like I know that he's a fan of mine. It was just, you know, I guess it, it wasn't meant to be, but yeah. Um, how was that? Like, again, what's going through your head? Like they say, Oh, we're not going to pick up your option after that season. Um, are you thinking like, okay, I, I'm, are you panicking? Are you thinking like you have more hope? Are you like getting nervous about being a free agent again? Or what, what are you thinking? Definitely bummed. I mm-hmm. felt like my, my year was robbed yeah. from me, um, through no fault of my own. Um, but, uh, but, I, but, you know, going, having been through it before, I think that helped me a lot. Mm-hmm. And I knew that I I wanted to play still because I'd come back that year and, and done okay mm-hmm. in those in those sixteen games. So I knew I wanted to play and and um I didn't know where I was gonna be, but um but yeah, I was definitely, you know, optimistic about it and then obviously, you know, it worked out with, with Tulsa and stuff. So because mm-hmm. yeah, now we're coming into twenty twenty. Uh-huh. When did you sign? Did you sign early on or yeah, so it was Mike likes to get his stuff kind of done early. Yeah. And um it was right after. I remember they wanting them wanting to sign me, me to sign the papers before Houston like officially said we don't want you. Uh-huh. And we had to keep like telling them, "Hold on, like let's yeah. Eric would love to be there, but at the same time, like if this opportunity is still there, mm-hmm. then that's the one he would rather go to." or that's the one that he would rather be at. And so um, it was like days after they didn't, it was days after they didn't pick up my option that I signed here. Mm -hmm. So it was never really a huge period of time where you're doing the free agency and panicking. Yeah. Yeah, That's good. That's good. And then uh, were were you nervous because that was like the rebranding year? So, I mean, in 2019 we had a terrible year Mm -hmm. and we were second to last, third to last in season. Were you nervous coming to a team that had 
was third to last bottom of the table. And even though we had more money coming in and we were rebranding, did that still, was that scary for you? It, Cause now only are you going down from an MLS contract to a USL contract, but you're also going to a USL contract that last year, these guys were not performing. Right. Um, short answer. No, not uh, really. I, um, it's funny. I, as soon as Mike called me and I spoke to him, immediately I texted Bradley because um, our paths had crossed when he was with the Dynamo and I was with RGV. Mm -hmm. And I asked him, I just was like, um, you know, what do you think about Tulsa? And he goes, hold on. <laughs> and then he calls me and we spoke for like 30 minutes and he was, you know, being recruited by them as well. Mm -hmm. And so once he, oh, you know, I knew that he was getting pulled in um, and he knew that I was or whatever, I knew that they were, you know, th there would be quality players that they were mm -hmm. going to bring in. And he told me about Lebo and um, Matt, Sheldon. Matt Sheldon, of course. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, who else? You know, Rodrigo, mm -hmm. you know, whatever. So I knew that there was going to be going to be quality here. Mm -hmm. and, um, and then I got even more happy when when Kevin yeah. signed up. Yeah, because you, you pretty much facilitated that, huh? Yeah, he was he was looking to go to Europe and then the whole COVID thing kind of hit and last minute I was like, well, let me put in a call. Yeah, <laughs> let me talk to my people. <laughs> <laughs> and eventually, uh, yeah, he... Uh, Did you get his agent's fee? You got you got money for that? I, I didn't. I should though. What? I really should. Yeah, maybe Kevin can help you word, out. Have you a know? word with him, please. Because, yeah, I will. Uh, I, we'll have him on here soon and then I'll talk to him about that. Two things that I got to talk to him about <laughs> now. Um, no, that's funny. And then so last year... Um, another surgery in 2020. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't want to say you got lucky with the timing because it's injuries are never lucky, really. But honestly, it was kind of best yeah. case scenario. It's the best best timing of a surgery I've ever had. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and when you had the second sports hernia, which is, which is crazy because I think like I, I remember I don't know if I heard this or someone told me this or I read this somewhere, but like 80% of people or something. This is don't don't quote me on this, yeah, but yeah. like a high percentage amount of people who have one sports hernia end up getting, especially if you continue to play professionally, get it on the opposite side as well later on, whether that's a year later, three years later or whatever. Really? Yeah. So uh, that's just what I've heard. And so I kind of even, I heard that after my first one and they're like, it's probably going to happen on the other side. Yeah. So when it happened on your other side, right? Other side? Yeah, other side. Um, did you know immediately? I, yeah. 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 I remember like, because they're kind of hesitant to get the MRI and I just remember being like, I think I need an MRI <laughs> like over and over and over again until I got one. Yeah. And that was like in preseason. Mm -hmm. uh, and then so, uh, Miss, you were out for the first game when we played Sacramento and then COVID hit. And then we had, the, like you said, three months of doing nothing, yep, which was much. perfect for your recovery and rehab. Yep. But you, I remember, you were in there like day two. You were there at Holland Hall with us, like sitting on the, no, that was at Callum. But you, no, you were there somewhere. It was a no, Hall. It was, yeah, it was yeah. Hall it was Hall. Hall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Callum also did that, I think, too. But he was an idiot about it. No, he was. I think he. Had, he it took him at least three days. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because you were. I remember seeing you and being like, "Why are you here?" Because oh, for yeah. me, it was like a week. I could not get out of bed without really? Mimi pulling me out. Uh huh. And you were like walking around, getting up by yourself, and I was shocked. Yeah, I don't even know if he did anything to be honest. <laughs> but pain's pain's gone. Pain's gone. And because you were back in training in four weeks. Yeah. 
Yeah, for this one, this one was by far the easiest one yeah. for sure. I mean, four weeks is insane. Yeah. And did you ever feel complications with it afterwards? Um, not really, not too much. I guess in the off season, I did a lot of biking. I felt it kind of flare up a little yeah. bit, and yeah. but it it's turned out to be nothing. Um, were yeah. you when you? I mean, that was now your fourth surgery, right? We were missed a couple oh, through we the. Skipped some? There was a because uh, you have had six emergency or... appendectomy, yeah. which doesn't. I don't know if that really counts. I don't count it. Okay, and then I had another uh, that was in college, and then before the 2018 season, I had knee surgery on that same knee again. Really? Yeah. Um, I had to remove all of the requ equipment out of my knee uh, because it had shattered. Oh, really? Yeah. It, I had a screw that was shattered um, and it was like causing this sharp pain and I thought it was my meniscus. Mm -hmm. And one day, I'd, you know, one day it'd be really sharp pain. I'd say, it's right here. It's right where my meniscus was. And the tenor would be like, yeah, yeah, you might, you might. And then the very next day it'd be completely gone. Huh. And then, you know, so I, <laughs> I went home and got an x-ray and then they saw, it was like, oh yeah, you've got pieces of screw all over your knee. Oh so they had to go in and take that out. So six surgeries in total? Yeah. Dang. Plus wisdom teeth. <laughs> ah, wisdom teeth, no, no, no. I'll give you the app appendectomy and, and the knee, the second one. That but. one was just crazy because I came in like to train that morning in mm -hmm. college and within 10 minutes of being there, like I was being rushed to the hospital. Wow. And, and they're like, you're getting your, your appendix out today. I was like, <laughs> are you kidding me? Yeah. Dang. Um, so, I mean, even with the sports hernia now, cause you were 26 at the time, right? And now having six surgeries, seven, if you count wisdom teeth, yeah. <laughs> are you, were you thinking like, like ever had like the why me, or you were like, why is this happening? Or like, uh, maybe I'm completely injury prone and I should stop, you know, or we're, again, where you're just like, nope, it's just another one, get it done and I'll be back. Yeah. It's more like the soldier mentality of just, uh -huh. you know, what doesn't kill me will make me stronger. And, um, yeah, I think if anyone, you know, I think ever, anyone that knows me really well would tell you that I'm one of the most stubborn people mm. of all time really? or that they have ever known. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I think this is a testament to that. I'm yeah. very stubborn and I just love, love playing, love the feeling of being out there and the feeling in the locker room with the guys. And so I'm not ready to to give that up. Yeah. And, and tell me like, cause I mean, I have had a few surgeries and I've had a few injuries that have, have not nothing like as many as you had, but still I've had quite a few. Mm -hmm. And like, I always feel like people have like, especially posting on YouTube all the time, people are like, oh, you're injury prone, you're injury prone. And like, you're never playing. Like to me, I was, I kind of was like, well, I always felt like the injuries were a tiny part of my career. Like I felt like I was playing more and healthy way more. And I just had unlucky spells at times. And like, I just was like, oh no, 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 like I'm not, I'm not injury, but like it's, and then especially as you, as you list out every single one throughout your whole career, they're, yeah. they're always going to add up. Yeah. You for know, sure. do you, do you agree with that? Like, do you think that, or do you think, no, I've had like, I'm injury prone or I've had been unlucky because you, the thing is too, with yours tackles yeah. have been majority for you Yeah. versus me. I've had a, a lot of not self-inflicted, but like tears and pulls and right. stuff like that. No, I would a hundred percent say that um people people can be injury prone mm -hmm. um i don't think i am mm -hmm. um 
because of the nature of the of the surgeries or like the circumstances surrounding the you know what led to the surgeries but um it's definitely something that it's hard to escape if you have gone through that kind of you know if you have that history yeah yeah I've I always hate it. I that was one of my biggest pet peeves when people said I was injury prone. Like some Even people, though, like you know, some people are just ridiculously quick. Yeah. Like you just can't keep their hamstrings together. Yeah. It's just you know, it's just some people are just built like that. I guess mm-hmm. I don't even know if it's yeah. Biomechanics is like is huge for for different injuries and like your range of motion or like that's yeah, just crazy. It's, it, it makes sense for like if it, I don't know if I don't think you're injury prone because you like are the Iron Man of our team, but. You now, know, now you are, yeah. Um, but it would make sense if you were, because you know mm-hmm. you are a quick guy on the outside that's making these lung busting runs. It doesn't make sense for a guy like me. You know, I'm I just sit in the middle and just try and make everyone else look good. I I don't you know really break into a sprint hardly ever. Yeah, yeah. You know, I hope I never have to really, but <laughs> you know, so yeah. it doesn't really make sense for me. But like you know, guys that are really doing the tough mm-hmm. hard runs it would make sense because that's when your body's, you know, the most stressed, but yeah. Yeah. Cause that like 2017 at St. Louis was like, it felt like every, it was like, um, had the stigma of like, Oh, what is it now? You know, what is it now? Is it the yeah. ankle? I had stupid ones, dislocated toe, yep. ankle sprains, fra- like fractured a wrist, like just stupid, like whatever. Yeah. I'm like, why? <laughs> and, I, and I hated that. I'm like, Oh yeah. Like, what is it now? Like, come on. It just pissed me off. Um, and then, but 2020, you know, despite the sports hernia, despite the COVID pandemic and everything, we still got back and you, you played in every single game, right? 15, mm. 15 games that season. Yeah. Except for the, I didn't play sporting because my, I got a red card. Oh yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. Uh, um, so good season played well. We made it to playoffs and everything. Um, how was that season in like the grand scheme of your career? Where was it one of the better ones or like, how, how did you feel? It was so different. It's hard to compare them to the compare it to the rest of them, just because I would the nature of it and just yeah. you know the bus trips and just regional play and you know the obviously all the protocols that we had to you know kind of adhere by. But um, it was it was like a it didn't even feel like a real full season to be yeah. honest. Yeah, I, I've I walked away from from that feeling like we need to play 20 more games. I did the same thing. I felt robbed. Like, like I felt hundred, like just yeah. robbed. Like why, why 15? Like, it's sucked. So I was, you know, overall happy with, you know, what we did. I love the group of players. Like mm-hmm. we had some of some really great guys. I miss a lot of the guys that aren't here anymore, but, um, you know, it was, it was good to get back in and be with like a standalone team where you're not worried about loans and you know, where you're going to be on the weekend and like kind of making it your own and, and being with a group of guys that are like-minded that are like, I'm here for this team. Mm -hmm. Don't care about anything else. Want to win here. And so like, it was such a good building block. We say we've said, I feel like we said it so much in, in like interviews and stuff. It's been, it was such a good building block because it was pretty brief and it gave us that little taste Mm -hmm. and we have such a good core coming back now that it's, uh, you know, it's something to be, to really look forward to this year and and then, you know, beyond if, 
if you want to sign back on with us. Definitely. And so now coming back, I mean, I felt like for me coming back from 2020 to 2021, it was like a no brainer because you said it, it was felt like a building block. You said it was like you almost felt robbed from not playing that many games. So for me, I was like, yeah, there's a hundred percent. If they want me back, I'm going to be back here for 2021. Um, did you think the same thing for you last season at the end? You're like, I just want to be back and hopefully have an even better season. Yeah. Um, well, they had an option on me again. So I signed a one and one. Uh-huh. So I kind of figured I was going to be back. Um, and then obviously with the whole rebrand and just the way the team was and how competitive we were, it was like you said, a no brainer to, mm-hmm. I really do believe that this is a special city, a special place, um, with, really really special owners and you know a good support system that mm-hmm. uh, you know y- you could get so much out of this out of this team if you if you put you know if you really want to put uh and invest in it yeah yeah definitely um and then so for this year now i mean we're pretty much all caught up but how are you feeling this this preseason coming back in again returning how's your body been feeling how's everything going it's been feeling pretty good. Um, I'm really excited. Yeah, I like cannot wait to to get going because we're close. We are so close. It is what now almost six months maybe since a competitive game, mm-hmm. like <laughs> maybe more. <laughs> that the off season was rough. This is the worst. yeah worst you, off season. Did you? I mean, how was that four month off season for you? Yeah, it was. It sucked really. I mean. It sucked, but at the same time, it wasn't. It wasn't, you know, terrible. We went back to um, DC, mm-hmm. where where she was living for about a month, and we hung out there. And I have friends there that that lived there from college, and um, so it was good to see some old faces and and uh, kind of like you know see what she'd been up to the last ten years of her life, and and then. Um, you guys are wondering who he's referring to. It's it's your girlfriend Carly. Yeah, yeah my who, girlfriend Carly. Who yeah. you rekindled that middle school relationship yeah. back up with. That's right. <laughs> and, uh, and still now you're living and now um, she's moved out here. She yeah. moved out to Tulsa, yeah. Yep. But um <laughs> so it was good to see, you know, from a day in the life of her and being in DC is always fun. My grandparents actually live up there, and so like being near all the monuments and mm-hmm. and uh you know, it's just like a pretty scenic, really, you know, kind of cool place. But, um, um, and then we went back to Virginia beach obviously and, and spent a month and a half, two months there and mm-hmm. just got all the time in with the family yeah. and family time wise. It was amazing. Yeah. This off season, oh yeah. yeah. But there was plenty of, of, you know, there was too much downtime of yeah. <laughs> just not playing and yeah. everyone's felt like they were I felt like everyone was scattered because most years we have so many people come back to play, like pick up and stuff. Mm-hmm. This year was not as many people coming back to play, but also if people were back, they're not even really trying to play because they just, everyone was spooked. Like everyone yeah. just didn't want to, didn't want to risk it. And yeah. then it's mostly be not for themselves, but just like to go out, play pickup and bring it home to their parents or something, you mm-hmm. know? So, uh, 
it was just tough to get all those things set up on like in the in the past yeah yeah we were doing like full-on like if people knew people come like in portland too it was portland so like people were like hey have you had a covid test lately (laughs) everything i was like and some even training with masks a few times and it was just it's just insane how different it it was this off season yeah um okay so now i mean we're caught up and, and we're all through your career which has been a crazy story um, but now I'll just ask like a few, like four or five questions just to, to round it up. Okay. But I always ask this because everybody always wants to know. Um, but I think it's such a hard question to answer because as, as footballers kind of living this life, you don't really plan. You have goals, but you don't really plan. Mm-hmm. But where do you see yourself in the next like five over the next five years? Are you still playing? Do you still want to try to keep on playing at the highest level you possibly can? Are you trying to make a push anywhere else? Do you have any other goals that you're thinking about? In my head right now, um, I've always had the goal to to play for for ten years, so mm-hmm. I want to be playing, you know, till about thirty one, I guess, mm-hmm. at the very minimum. If if I'm, you know, still wanted, and you know, it makes sense, then I hope I'm still playing. You know, that's that would be the dream to keep playing. But um, yeah, I, I think <laughs> if I'm not playing, then I'd want to I'd be involved in some type of way with the game. Mm-hmm coaching like head coach role like would you want to be a pro coach or more like younger it's tough i'd i'd want to do i'd want to uh, you know get my badges and kind of see if i like it and you know what um if it really is my calling mm-hmm. i would obviously you know try it out yeah i mean be- you were talking to me about your ideal you, how you'd be set up your training session yeah exactly as you we're know? walking into the <laughs> room <laughs> well, i'm always thinking about it but mm-hmm. you know there are there are certain people that should be coaches and there are sure certain yeah. people that shouldn't. And so, you know, I just, I don't think that, I think that I can add value. I don't know where exactly where it is right now. Um, but yeah, it'll be uh, ideally in the next, you know, five years, it'll be, I'll be involved in the game somehow mm-hmm. and, and, uh, potentially maybe going back to school if, if soccer's done for masters. For yeah, a and masters. Um, uh, there's a program in at VCU. It's a master's in sport leadership and uh, business administration. It's a dual master's. Okay. I'm really interested in 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 getting that. Um, my biggest fear is being um underqualified for any gig in the future. So, yeah. <laughs> just to check the boxes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, that's what it what it is this year or is nowadays. Yeah, it is. It's true. And I think, it, I mean, like you said, like peace of mind too, like the imposter syndrome, like to not like have self-doubt in your head a lot. Yeah. I mean, that's why I got the certified nutrition coach thing. I, I felt like I had a great grasp on it already, but I just wanted that for that. Like, am I, am I really, do I not know actually? So I got that and I was like, okay, good. Whew, feel more <laughs> confident about it now, you know? Yeah. Um, and then um, what has been like the highest and lowest periods of your career? Like the absolute highest high you've ever had a, playing the game and the absolute darkest deepest hole you've been in the highest high i would say was emotionally it was probably after the national championship game Mm -hmm. and it was really cool because it was in raleigh and my mom was there and so because it's just you know three hour drive from from our house so it was really cool to be able to share that moment with her uh, my dad was there too. Obviously, it was, it was cool to share it with him as well. But <laughs> yeah, come on, my, share with your dad. <laughs> just my for, mom, just mom put in so much, 
you know, so many hours on so many different weekends mm-hmm. to drive me all over the place, all up and up and down the East Coast. Um, and at the time, she had no idea, you know, this was going to be something that I did in the future. There was no guarantees attached to it. And so um, I just, you know, I know that it meant a lot to her and, and it equally meant as much to me and, and to be able to be there together was, was by far the best moment that I've had, um, on a soccer pitch because mm-hmm. she was, they were able to come onto the pitch afterwards. And that's so awesome. it was, it was awesome. Yeah. It was really, really cool. That's, 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 I mean, that's literally like the dream of like winning the national championship, your senior year families, there celebrating all together. That's, that's pretty cool. What about lowest? Gosh, we got to go to the lows. Yeah. Huh? Uh, right. you know, I want to balance it out. Lowest low, I think we talked about it. I think my my lowest point would probably be after my knee injury, my my uh, my freshman year. It was, uh, I felt like I was playing the best soccer of my life to that point. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like, you know, the team was doing really well. A lot of things were, were were going in my favor. I had heard, you know, stuff about um, agents mm-hmm. reaching out to, you know, try and get in contact. Um, maybe not. Maybe being able to leave college early to just to just go and play professionally. Um, and so, just kind of having to deal with that whole thing, but and also just like being inside that nightmare scenario that they always tell you about when you pick your college, you know, make sure you like your college because you could get a, a career-ending injury. Mm-hmm. You know, the first day you step on campus, you're going to be, you know, make sure that you're going to want to be where you are. And uh, you always, you know, take it with a grain of salt and think, you know, that's not going to be me. Yeah. Lo and behold, that was me. And mm. so that was just coming to terms with all of that and just like being all the way up here from a freshman starter, just completely grounded. Yeah. It, it's, it was definitely hard to process, but. I think that's the worst when, it, when it's, when you're just at your highest high and then you, then it, you like the roll. I always say like the game is like a roller coaster of emotions, like with the highs and the peaks and, and the valleys and everything. But when you go from, cause you always go like middle to low, low, middle, middle to high. But if you go from the drastic change of high down to low, that like mentally is so hard. Yeah. Do you have a specific day that like it hit or was it just like in general? I'm really digging into this. Yeah. Um, I would say, I don't know if it was a specific day, but I do remember like laying vividly laying on my on my college bed mm-hmm. my in my dorm and my roommate not being there. He was in class and um just just like looking at the ceiling saying, Why me? Yeah. Like, God, why me? Yeah. And uh yeah, I, I just tough. remember, you know, getting emotional after that and just, you know nobody nobody came you know no one no one knew what i was going through no one no one you know came to console me i was on my own and Mm -hmm. uh which i think was good like in hindsight because you need to have those moments but it was definitely a a low and uh and it was like one of those things where you like realize you're not as strong as you you're not as tough as you think you are Mm -hmm. and so i was like 
a, like a motivating thing almost to say, okay, I'm not the person that I thought I was. Not yet, but I can be. I can be better. I can be more mentally tough. But, um, you know, this, it's only going to happen with humility. Mm-hmm. And that's this good. is a situation of humility for sure. That's, that's really good. That's a good outlook on that. I think every footballer has had that that moment of just like whatever, whether it's injury, free agency, or, you know, just that like, why me? And it all, I always feel like it hits at one moment, you know, mm-hmm. whether you're, by, it's usually by yourself, you know? Yeah. Like I've had that moment like a couple of times. It sucks. Um, and then, okay, then I'll finish off right here with the last question. Most of the people that are watching the podcast right now are kids that want to follow in your footsteps. They want to you know, win a national championship. They want to be drafted in the MLS. They want to have MLS appearances. What would be a piece of advice that you would give them? And, like a, and telling them around teenage level, even college level, what would you tell them to follow in your footsteps? In the, their, in the college level or? High school, college. Whatever. High school? Yeah. If you have multiple, you can say multiple, whatever whatever comes to your head. Yeah, I think it would vary based on um, based on your age. All right, let's do one. I want to do one okay. 16 like in high school. Okay. Freshman year of college. And then let's do somebody injured. Three. Okay. So 16, like 16. Before, before college. Yeah, high school, college, injured. Okay. Um, I think the biggest piece of advice for a kid in college is it's not too late. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's now sexy to to go overseas to become a pro as soon as as soon as uh you know you hit 17, 18. Um and I think that's okay for some people, but I still think that the United States provides this platform uh college soccer where if you if you use all the resources around you it can still catapult you to that next level Mm -hmm. um and it's never too late i say that because at 18 or we'll say in college i almost felt like i was done developing like i felt like you know there wasn't um i don't know i just felt like not that I couldn't get better, but I just felt, I just felt like, you know, I am where I am and the focus on the game had now, have now just shifted to just results. Mm -hmm. And I kind of got, I lost the development because I was just focused on results. Uh And so I feel like those, those kids in college, results are important. Yes. Mm -hmm. But there's also a bigger picture. And I hope your coaches will tell you that that even if you're, you know, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, you 27. can 27, you can still get better. Mm-hmm. You can still stay after practice every single day and hit crosses if mm-hmm. you're an outside back or winger. You can still, you know, work on your finishing if you're a striker. You can still work on that ping if you're a center mid because if you want to make it to the MLS and to the next level, you have to hit that ball perfectly mm-hmm. nine times out of 10, mm-hmm. if not, you know, 99 times out of a hundred. Yeah. Like, and you can always get better. And these guys, I hear all these stories now about like guys like Paul Scholes and, and people are just people that played with him 
people that that didn't play with him they would they'd see these um, unbelievable volleys and be like wow this guy you know this is incredible what an incredible shot yeah. and then you'd hear guys that played with him and they'd say Scolzi would literally stay after practice every single day mm -hmm. and do this exact same thing and he would bins you know nine out of ten of them <laughs> Yeah. Like he would do the same thing, but he would do it on a consistent basis in practice. Like yeah. it's no secret as to why that worked in the game. Mm -hmm. And he was doing that his, his whole career. Like that's just how, that's just how they were brought up. And it's, and it's fun yeah. too. Yeah, it's fun, but it's crazy too. Cause he's at like the top. Like there's no, I mean, there is maybe you, you could say there's argues maybe places you could go incrementally better, but that's the top. Like Liverpool. <laughs> How's that today? Over Man United. <laughs> um, but I mean, that's like the top. And and I feel like even for me, if I was at the top, it'd be so hard to not be like, I'm here. Yeah. You know, even not like fully like that, but have a little bit like that. Yeah. Where it's like, I mean, because even now it's easy for me to have motivation to stay after and hit crosses because it's like I, I I'm in the USL, mm -hmm. you know? Yep. But like being there and doing that every day is insane, yep. you know? It's just crazy to me. And I, and I, I agree. I mean, it's funny because in college, that's when it almost clicked for me. Like I can develop. Like if the more time I put in, the more I can develop because I saw like I was so behind on in some areas. So like, and I, and I mean, I still feel like I'm improving technically, crossing, long balls, like my touch. And I'm 28 now, turning 29, you know? And maybe yeah. I can't. It, maybe I did lose something from not developing that at 16, 17, 18, but I agree. Like, yeah, it doesn't end. No, it doesn't. For 16 year olds. Yeah. Um, I'm big into for, for younger kids, obviously the whole technical side is, is so important and the more touches you can get on the ball, the better. Um, I think that it's a lot of it is now, not fading away, but it's maybe not much of an emphasis uh, put on it as much now. I, I think intangibles are so important. And I think that if you focus not only on being a great soccer player, but also the intangible stuff like being a good person, a good teammate, a good professional, good, mm -hmm. good, you know, or professional like you're not a professional yet, but, you know, carrying yourself the right way, how you treat other people, it is going to pay like dividends into the future for you so much in so many ways it's it's so important to to have all of that stuff and to to really work on that side and that that goes hand in hand with the mental side of the game because you have so many players are so technical so gifted but but they fall short on the mental side yeah and that's what will set that's what sets players apart from level to level I think that the 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 uh, abilities of these players and these different levels is not as far as people really think. Mm -hmm. What sets people what sets these players apart is the mental side of the game, and so those two, the intangibles and the mental side. If you can work on those, I think that there are a lot of mental strength coaches out there, or, or you know different different practices that you can probably um get involved with i don't know maybe shelly knows someone that can he can set you up but uh it's definitely something that is often overlooked but i think as important as as anything that you can do on the pitch mm -hmm. yeah i mean i think most players like quit or stop or like can't handle when they go up a level it's not because of technically or they can't develop or handle the speed it's always like a mental problem 
Yeah. Whether that's like, I can't handle the pressure. Oh, they, you know, they get, they can't handle riding the bench. They can't handle the, the stress that comes with, you know, being a free agent at times, like all, like you said, like intangibles, like it, it's important and it's hard to like really describe what that is. You know, you kind of mm -hmm. have to go through it. I mean, yeah. I thought you did a good job, but like, yeah, it is hard. Yeah. Yeah. And, and people want to help people that are, that are good people. I yeah. mean, <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, I, I know I've literally been like, Hey, we need a left back and I will know, have like a left back or somebody in my head. I'm like, oh, well, he's a dick. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do I want that as a teammate? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So then last one, and then you can get out of here, uh, for injured, someone who's going through an injury. Someone who's at that lowest point right now in their career. That's a, that's at that lowest point. Um, I would say the biggest piece of advice. I mean, I would say um, I gotta think about this for yeah. a second. No, for 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 me, it's I always say like my piece of advice when it comes to that is like. People always say, oh, be positive, be positive. And I think it's it's wrong to be positive in that situation. I always say like you have to be healthy with your mindset because uh -huh. it's like there's no positive thing around being on crutches in your dorm room, not yeah. being able to do anything fun. But it's like at least have the healthy mindset of like what you kind of did of just like, look, it's I can I can grow from this and I can go and, and I'll do the rehab and, and be healthy on that aspect. But like, I don't have to be positive mm -hmm. and be like happy during this time. Yeah. And that's what helped me, especially during the later ones. I'm like, because at the beginning, I'm like, I try to be happy. Like, that's not, I'm not happy sitting here on the sideline watching everybody train. Yeah. No, that's good. I, I mean, I would just say you don't have to be perfect, but, you know, every day obviously counts. There's going to be days where, you're doing really well and you think you're you're ahead of the schedule and you're flying and there's going to be days where you, you feel like you're behind the schedule mm -hmm. and it's hard like Shelly says with the roller coaster but there's a bigger picture that's going on and so if you take it day by day um you know that's important and yeah. uh the day, the day by day is huge. Yeah. Like one day I, instead at a of time. like focusing on that, I would always focus on like the little, like, oh, I could only walk 0.5 miles today, but tomorrow I'm doing 0.75. And yeah. you do that, you're like all pumped about that, like 0.7 miles. Yeah. Like, all stuff. I think that helps. Like seeing the getting happy on the little successes, the little progress. And it's just, you know, it's a time that is not fun, like Shelly said, but it's a time for character building. And, uh, you know, you your character will be revealed in the times where you're at your lowest mm -hmm. and and it's okay if the, your character is not where you want it to be like yeah. character building is a ongoing thing that happens throughout the course of your entire life so i would say you know like i said take it day by day but understand that there's a bigger picture and even if you're not handling it the way you think you should be, <laughs> you don't have to, you know, be overly tough on yourself mm -hmm. because there is also, there's always time to, uh, to start new the next day and, and get better. Yeah. Perfect. Right, anything else you want to say in the podcast? Yeah. Uh, no, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was awesome. That was, a, that was a good one. I mean, it was a long one, but it, I really liked that one. Um, 
Eric's Eric's uh, Instagram is going to be in the description. Go check it out. But I'll do the pop up and you know the first five seconds I'll okay. be on the screen. And then right. anything else? You're good. Uh, no, we're just we're trying to get Shelly on the score sheet this year. So uh, easy. I think easy. we need some more comments. So <laughs> no. maybe he'll shoot once in a while. I don't need any more comments. I just <laughs> need to do it. All right. Well, this has been the Against All Odds podcast with Eric Bird. Eric, thank you very much for coming on. Appreciate Thanks for having it. me. I yeah. appreciate it. This and was really fun. Good. Good. I'm glad you liked it. All right, guys. Catch you next one. Peace. Peace.